Welcome to the Paranormal Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Thanks for stopping by. This is the place to explore mysteries, investigate the otherworldly, and share stories of the inexplicable and the strange. You see, within the realm of our daily, ordinary lives, there is a paranormal factor always waiting to reveal itself. So let's begin exploring together the truly weird. Welcome listeners and thanks for joining us on the Paranormal Factor podcast. In this new episode, we're visiting the ghosts of Alcatraz Prison on Alcatraz Island in the San Francisco Bay. The island has a long history and was notorious for being home to the maximum security Alcatraz Federal Prison. And while it hosted the worst of the worst and the baddest of the bad, it now accommodates plenty of ghosts who have taken up residence in the empty prison. But before we start, as a reminder, as usual, please be sure to take a look at the Paranormal Factor Podcast Facebook page. Every single day, Monday through Friday, there's new paranormal and supernatural material for you to check out. Fans of the show know it's the best place to find monsters, quizzes, film, TV, and book recommendations, and current paranormal news stories from around the world. Now, on to our episode. Country music star Trisha Yearwood had a very frightening encounter, an encounter with a ghost, an encounter she cannot forget. The country music superstar recently visited Alcatraz Island, now a U.S. national park in San Francisco, California, where she and some friends endured a terrifying run-in with a ghostly figure. Yearwood shared that things started out innocently, but quickly took a startling turn as she and some friends set out to tour Alcatraz Island. With multiple tour choices available, Yearwood and her friends opted for the night tour, when a guide approached them and suggested they follow him to see some exclusive areas on the tour. We chose to go on a night tour of Alcatraz, Yearwood told the Come On Over podcast earlier this year. One of the tour guides was an older gentleman and he came up to us and said, hey, I'll take you on a tour of Alcatraz that nobody else ever gets to see. As they made their way through the historical landmark, the tour guide urged the group to stand on a staircase and offered to take their picture. He said, you guys get on that staircase, I'll take a picture of you guys, Yearwood recalled. As we're going down the steps, my friend Mandy, she's snapping pictures the whole time, she said. Then, Yearwood says, her friend turned around and snaps a picture on her phone of the staircase that we were just on. At that point in time, the singer and friends noticed something strange about the photo just taken. After taking a closer look, they were in shock as they detected a ghostly figure in the picture. There's an image in this picture that we can't explain, Yearwood said. The first one is the girls on the staircase. And the second one is the next picture, is what was taken after we stepped off that staircase. I think we saw something. Yearwood was clear that at the time of the photo, all the women had moved away from the staircase. There was literally no one in that area, at least no one they could see. Within the alarming image, a mysterious man is standing near the spiral staircase, holding an unknown item. The picture shows a very clear man standing under the small winding staircase. He's wearing what looks to be dark jeans and a white collared shirt with a large mark on the shoulder. And he has no facial features. 
And Miss Yearwood is certainly not the only one to experience truly paranormal activity at the prison. So let's take a closer look at the island, the prison, and those ghostly encounters. Alcatraz Island is a small island in San Francisco Bay, 1.25 miles offshore from San Francisco, California. The island measures about 1,675 feet by 590 feet and is approximately 135 feet at its highest point. The area of the island is reported to be 22 acres. The first European to document the islands of San Francisco Bay was Spanish naval officer and explorer Juan Manuel de Ayala during Spanish rule of California. He charted San Francisco Bay in 1775. The word Alcatraz, it's believed to be archaic Spanish for pelican, which the island has had plenty of over the years. The island was developed in the mid-19th century with facilities for a lighthouse, a military fortification, and a military prison. In 1933, the island was converted into a federal prison, Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. Alcatraz Island was opened as a maximum security, minimum privilege prison, which held some of the worst criminals to ever live. Inmates included Al Capone, George Machine Gun Kelly, Gangster Mickey Cohen, and Arthur Doc Barker, some of the most legendary criminals of their time. The strong currents around the island and frigid water temperatures, not to mention ever-present sharks, made escape nearly impossible. The prison became one of the most notorious in American history. There are several reasons that Alcatraz closed as a penitentiary in 1963. The penitentiary costs much more to operate than other federal prisons, and half a century of saltwater saturation had severely eroded the buildings, not to mention three people had escaped in 1962. Today, the buildings are abandoned and are used for educational tour purposes, and the island is now a major tourist attraction with boats transporting the curious over to the island daily for historical tours. Alcatraz Prison is often called one of the most haunted places in the world. Legends saying the halls are filled with terrifying screams and sobs that make one's blood run cold. There were eight people murdered by inmates on Alcatraz. An additional five men committed suicide, and 15 died from natural illnesses. And in several escape attempts, men were either fished from the bay dead or were never seen again, likely washing out into the vast Pacific Ocean. The island boasts its own morgue, but no autopsies were performed there. All the bodies of deceased inmates were brought back to the mainland and released to the San Francisco County Coroner. When you look at the history of the penitentiary, it is easy to believe there must be a lot of negative energy resonating within its walls. Often described as a portal to another dimension, Alcatraz is filled with the energy of those who came to the rock and seemingly never left. And there are particular areas of the prison that are known for their eeriness. Cell 14D Cell 14D is one of the cells that prisoners were sent to as punishment. Visitors often report feeling raw coldness enveloping the room, like more than one spirit is still present there. In the 1940s, a man actually died in cell 14D. The guards found him strangled on the floor of his room. Rumor has it, the night before his death, he kept screaming that a creature with glowing eyes was trying to kill him. Cell Blocks A, B, and C this is where Alcatraz visitors frequently hear crying and moaning. In addition to that, a psychic reported encountering a malevolent spirit named Butcher here. 
The prison records show a man nicknamed Butcher was murdered in the 1940s. But more on that in a bit. Al Capone, the infamous American gangster, spent his last years in Alcatraz strumming along with the prison's banjo band. Some say they can still hear the banjo music playing there on occasion. Today, these spirits continue to lurk in the shadows of the often fog-enshrouded island. They have been heard, seen, and felt by both the staff and many visitors to Alcatraz. The sounds of men's voices, whistling, clanging metal doors, and terrifying screams are all said to be heard within the old walls. Unearthly coldness chills witnesses of the haunted prison, and spirits seem to be regular inhabitants, often appearing unexpectedly. The Los Angeles Times described Alcatraz as the most notorious federal penitentiary this country has ever known. The Washington Post also claimed that Alcatraz is a place where visitors can sense the dread of past inhabitants still trapped in the atmosphere. New York Magazine has said that although the penitentiary hasn't been operational since 1963, it remains ultra-sinister, perversely fascinating, iconic. And as we'll see, they weren't wrong in their assessments of the haunted prison. Native Americans known as Miwok were the earliest known inhabitants of Alcatraz Island. In Miwok mythology, evil spirits were said to inhabit the island. That foreboding folklore and spooky beginning would be the start of strange encounters on Alcatraz. There are encounters still happening today. Let's take a look. Supposedly, even Alcatraz's first warden, James Johnston, who did not believe in ghosts, once encountered the unmistakable sounds of a woman sobbing while leading several guests on a prison tour. The cries heard by the warden and the guests were described as coming from inside the walls of the dungeon area of the prison. They also reported, just as the sobbing stopped, an icy cold breeze blew through their group. Since the 1940s, apparitions have been seen at the site of the now burned out shell of the warden's house. During a Christmas party at Warden Johnston's, several guards told the story of a ghostly man who suddenly appeared before them wearing a gray suit, brimmed cap, and sporting mutton-chopped sideburns. As the startled guards stared at the apparition, the room suddenly turned very cold, and the fire in the Ben Franklin stove extinguished. Less than a minute later, the spirit vanished. Often it has been reported that the old lighthouse will suddenly appear on foggy nights, accompanied by an eerie whistling sound and a flashing green light that makes its way slowly around the island. Appearing to both guards and visitors alike, the phenomenon vanishes just as suddenly as it appears. When the prison was still open, other guards told of hearing phantom cannon and gunshots. They were accompanied by screams so real, they sent the seasoned guards to the ground, believing prisoners had somehow escaped and obtained weapons. After taking cover, the guards would then cautiously look about to see absolutely nothing. These incidents could never be explained. Several guards reported seeing what they called the Thing, an entity that was said to appear with glowing eyes. Other reports were made of phantom prisoners and Civil War era soldiers appearing before the guards and families who lived on the island. Another often reported experience of the guards was the smell of smoke that often came from a deserted laundry room as if something was on fire. When they investigated, 
The black smoke was so thick it drove the guards from the room. However, just minutes later, the room was completely smoke-free. Five of the remaining six cells in D-Block were known as strip cells, but were more often referred to as the whole. Reserved for the most severe offenders of prison rules, they were stripped down of all comfort and convenience and housed there in isolation for one to two days. A former guard who worked at the prison in the 1940s reported that guards often saw the ghostly presence of a man dressed in late 1800s prison attire walking the hallway next to the strip cells. On one occasion, when an inmate was locked in the hole, he immediately began to scream that someone with glowing eyes was in there with him. The 19th century spectral prisoner had become so much of a practical joke among the guards that the convict's cries of being attacked were ignored. The inmates' screams continued well into the night when they were suddenly replaced by total silence. When the guards inspected the cell the following morning, the convict was found dead. It was reported he had a terrible expression on his face and noticeable handprints around his throat. The autopsy revealed the strangulation was not self-inflicted. At the time, many believed the inmate was strangled by a guard who had finally had enough of the inmate's screaming, Though an investigation was made, no one ever admitted to the strangling. Most believed the prisoner was killed by the restless, evil spirit of the 19th century prisoner who was often seen wandering the corridors. Adding to the mystery, when the guards lined up the convicts for a daily count days after the death, the count revealed one too many convicts in the lineup. At the end of the row appeared the recently strangled prisoner. <laughs> As everyone, guards and prisoners alike, looked on in stunned silence, the ghostly figure vanished. It was also behind that cell door where a night watchman heard strange clanging sounds in 1976. He opened the door and peered down the dark corridor, shining his flashlight on the maze of pipes and conduits. He could see nothing and there were no sounds. When he closed the door, well, the sound started once more. Again. The door was opened up, but there was still nothing that could be causing the sounds. The night watchman shut the door again and continued on his way. Some have wondered if the eerie noises may have been the reason why the door was once welded shut. Since that time, the utility corridor has come to be recognized as one of the most haunted spots in the prison. After the last of the tourist boats have left for the day, other night watchmen who have patrolled this cell house say that they have heard the sounds of what appear to be men running coming from the upper tiers. Thinking that an intruder is inside the prison, the watchmen have investigated the sounds but always find nothing. One Park Service employee stated she had been working one rainy afternoon when the sparse number of tourists was not enough to keep all of the guides busy. She went for a walk in front of a block and was just past the door that led down to the dungeons when she heard a loud scream from the bottom of the stairs. She ran away without looking to see if anyone was down there. When asked why she didn't report the incident, she replied, I didn't dare mention it because the day before, everyone was ridiculing another worker who reported hearing men's voices coming from the hospital ward, and when he checked the ward, it was empty. Today's visitors and staff often report cold spots within the hallways of D-Block, as well as sudden intense feelings. Cell 14D is extremely active with paranormal activity and is often reported to be almost 20 degrees colder than the rest of the cells on the block. 
numerous psychics have felt emotionally charged impressions in the corners of the cells where punished prisoners were known to have crouched and suffered. These cells are so creepy that it's said that some park rangers refuse to go there alone. When authors Richard Weiner and Nancy Osborne, authors of the book Haunted Houses, made a trip to Alcatraz, they also felt the eerie feelings in cell 14D. When the pair entered the cell along with a park ranger, they all felt strong vibrations and tingling sensations in their hands and arms. Convinced that something or someone was there with them, Osborne stated that she had never felt so much psychic energy in one spot. Co-author of the book Haunted Alcatraz, Michael Corey has also described receiving psychic impressions when he visited cell 14D. He also experienced tingling sensations. He tells of seeing a small man with his head shaved who told of being beaten, his legs broken by guards, and left in solitary confinement. Renowned ghost hunter Richard Sennett and a psychic spent the night on Alcatraz as part of a KGO radio promotion. They chose Al Capone's cell as a place of temporary refuge. According to Senate, emotions seemed to drip from every corner of Alcatraz as the long night progressed. He and the psychic visited the spots where rangers said they heard marching footsteps and clanking metal. However, nothing happened. Finally, Senate locked himself in cell 12D, where an evil and persistent ghost is rumored to dwell. As the thick steel door was closed, Senate immediately felt icy fingers on his neck and his hair stood on end. He knew he was not alone. Additionally, the psychic picked up on the twisted and dismembered bodies of uniformed men. Both left the island convinced that Alcatraz has its own special energy. In cell block C, many believe the utility passageway where convicts Bernard Coy, Joseph Kretzer, and Marvin Hubbard were killed during their escape attempt in 1946 is haunted. Loud clanging sounds are often heard, but stop when the door is opened, only to resume once closed. Others have reported seeing the apparitions of men wearing fatigues and hearing disembodied voices at the riot site that left the three prisoners dead. In 1984, Ranger and Night Watchman Rex Norman was awakened by the sound of a weighty steel door swinging wildly in cell block C. The sound stopped when he got there, but began again the next night, and the next. So, on September the 10th, 1984, the park system brought celebrity psychic Sylvia Brown to Alcatraz, accompanied by a CBS news team. Along with Alcatraz ex-convict Leon Thompson, Brown immediately encountered an unseen presence and strong impressions of violence in the laundry room. As Brown described a tall man with a bald head and small beady eyes, Thompson, the ex-convict, moved forward stating, I remember Butcher. He was a hitman with Murder Incorporated before they caught him. His name was Abby Maldowitz, but we called him Butcher. Another prisoner killed him here in the laundry room. Prison records confirmed that Maldowitz was killed by another inmate in the laundry area of cell block C. During a seance, Brown tried to convince Butcher's ghost to leave the prison, but the ghost refused. But even if Butcher does finally up and leave, Alcatraz will likely remain what the Miwoks always said it was, an island of evil spirits. Leon Thompson was something of an Alcatraz expert, 
as not only was he a former inmate, but he later became a guide when Alcatraz became a national park. He provided a unique view into life on Alcatraz and told people that prisoners very much believed the prison was haunted, and he was one of them. One time in the 1980s when he was working as a guide, a ghostly man suddenly appeared on a long corridor called Michigan Avenue. It started walking away from Thompson. He was startled, but there was something oddly familiar about the apparition. When Thompson was an inmate at Alcatraz, he made the acquaintance of a big Texan named Johnny House. The two knew each other well, but parted ways forever when the prison shut down in 1962. But on that day in the 1980s on Alcatraz Island, the two would meet again. The ghost that appeared in front of Thompson had his back to him and kept walking down Michigan Avenue. When it rounded a corner, Thompson took off after it, but the ghost disappeared. I don't care what anybody says, Thompson later said. That was Johnny House. In 2014, a British couple on a tour of the island captured a photo of a ghostly woman whom they dubbed the Ghost Woman of Alcatraz. The couple claims they had no intention of capturing photos of spirits during their trip. They only noticed the woman, who appears to be staring knowingly directly into the camera's lens, after they snapped the shot. There have also been some ghost hunters and spirit seekers who believe they have encountered ghosts from Alcatraz's earliest days. In fact, some believe Native American prisoners who perished during the Civil War era still haunt the prison, whispering and moaning at night and appearing as floating blue lights and figures. And what about arguably Alcatraz's most famous resident? Later in his sentence there, Al Capone joined the prison banjo band. There have been reports of hearing a banjo from the shower room. This was where Al Capone used to rehearse. Fearing assassination, Capone would use the shower room for protection when practicing. This theory was confirmed by park rangers who worked during the time when Capone was imprisoned. The shower room has also been reported as feeling cold, and people have felt fingers on the back of their neck when no one else was around. In her 1995 book, author Phyllis Emmert included Alcatraz as one of the 25 scariest places in the world. The documentary Haunted Alcatraz, broadcast on the Travel Channel, has said, There is little question that Alcatraz holds a particular place in our collective imagination consistently evoking feelings, stirring, and dark, and the power of the island still captivates visitors after their departure. For the prisoners staying there, Alcatraz was no joke. Many of the men had their bodies and spirits broken there, even the most insane and notorious criminals. It's said the empty cells inside the walls of Alcatraz are still home to the restless ghosts that remain there, and prisoners Park rangers and visitors have reported a wide range of claimed ghostly activity on Alcatraz. From whispering in cells and locked cell doors shutting, to phantom figures in corridors, cold spots, and even the sounds of musical instruments and sewing machines. Officials for Alcatraz scoff at such accounts. They have dismissed the reports of ghosts at the prison as nonsense and deny their existence. But so many have claimed to have seen ghosts there. There is a lot of testimony stating the island is extremely haunted and full of paranormal activity. At the very least, there's a lot of activity that cannot be explained. Many people have visited the island and claim they had mysterious activities happen to them. 
It has been visited by many psychics who seem to back up that something paranormal is going on. No one can pinpoint why the activity is happening or who is behind it, but one thing is for sure. There are paranormal occurrences that are indeed unexplainable. In 1992, Alcatraz was featured on the popular television program Sightings, where several of the Park Service staff confirmed the haunted history of the prison. Among the stories told by staff were weird crashing sounds, running footsteps, unearthly screams, cell doors that mysteriously closed of their own accord, moans, chains rattling, and the constant feelings of being watched. Sightings also enlisted the help of psychic investigator Peter James to get his impressions as he walked through the prison. James soon described hearing the voices of men who had been driven mad and who shared experiences of abuse, fear, and pain. The tales of ghostly hauntings upon Alcatraz Island have become so frequent that the legends have become as popular as the island's long history. Evidently, the paranormal prison is destined to live up to its popular nickname, Helcatraz. Well, in our next episode, we're traveling to Florida to encounter the southern cousin of Bigfoot, the skunk ape. The first ever sightings of the skunk ape were reported throughout the 1960s and 70s in Florida. In autumn of 1974, several reports were filed in Dade County, Florida. It's often found in or near the Everglades, but of late, there have been reports of the creature in Georgia, Louisiana, and as far away as Texas. And as its name suggests, you'll know it's near by the awful stench it generates. We'll check out what this cryptid looks like, how it acts, and whether you should fear it. And of course, we'll bring you some actual encounters with the creature. So join us as we track down the skunk ape next time on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. And now it's time for the episode quiz. Welcome to the quiz, everybody. Here is your question. The Island of Dolls is located where? Is it A, New Orleans, B, Haiti, C, Mexico City, or D, Tasmania? Once again, the Island of Dolls is located where? Is it in New Orleans, Haiti, Mexico City, or Tasmania? And the answer is... C. Mexico City. Deep in the heart of the canals of Xochimilco, Mexico City's last vestige of the Aztecs, is one of the world's most haunted and tragic locations, the Island of the Dolls. Here on this single acre, which contains three huts and a crowd of decaying dolls, locals swear they see ghosts and hear shadows talking. It is, they believe, quite simply, cursed. The Island of the Dolls was originally owned by Don Julian Santana Barrera and is full of dolls hanging from trees and buildings covered with spider webs and insects. The place was named in the 1950s when the dolls started randomly appearing on the island. According to legend, a young girl drowned entangled among the lilies of the canal and her body was found on the banks of the local waterway. Santana claimed to have heard the girl crying out, I want my doll. Shortly thereafter, Santana saw a floating doll near the canals. Most probably the doll belonged to the girl. He picked up the doll and hung it on a tree as a way of showing respect and support to the girl's spirit. He hung the doll near where he found the girl's body. It is said that the drowned girl has possessed the dolls with her spirit, 
ever since. After the event, every time he went outside, he claims to have found a new doll hanging from one of the trees. Over the next half century, he collected more than 1,000 dolls, some from the trash in the area's main city, others gifted by neighbors and visitors. They're all still there, decaying, sometimes beheaded, and really creepy. Everywhere you look, there are dirty dolls hanging from trees, nailed to buildings and other structures, strung along clotheslines. The dolls still hang in trees all over the island, broken, rotten, missing limbs, severed heads, ripped dresses, making a nightmare landscape. Passersby and local people alike swear the dolls blink, open their eyes, move their heads and arms, and even turn their heads to watch visitors as they walk around the island. They hear footsteps from within the woods. And if you want to learn more about the Island of Dolls and other Mexico paranormal locations, then check out Season 2, Episode 47 of the Paranormal Factor Podcast. Well, that'll do it for this episode. A theme song is Knockers by Cinco, courtesy of Upbeat Music. Hey, before you leave, if you could, please do me just two favors. First of all, if you did enjoy the show, please leave a like on your favorite listening application. And secondly, if you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Love to have some new listeners out there to join you. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Keep your eyes open for the unusual folks, and thanks for stopping by.